Sorry, go on. Howdy, howdy, howdy. It never fails. You can't it's, help but think of that little guy. He's adorable. Really, like, one of my favorite moments in cinema. <laughs> Hands down. And it's funny, too, because, you know, they just assume that you realize that hat does not belong to that shark. You never know. That could be a cowboy shark. Cowboy shark sounds awesome. New children's book idea, it's mine. Don't use it, I'll sue you. Whoever's listening, thinking about doing it, I'll sue you. I mean, I want this to happen. Cowboy shark. Cowboy shark. The ultimate children's story. Good luck putting your kids to sleep reading Cowboy Shark. (laughs) Man. So it dawned on me earlier. Yes. You know, I was watching Superman and Lois. Okay. And first of all, the, the new kid's doing all right. He's doing a good job. Cool. I need to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. I think you should. It's an enjoyable show. It's still good. It's just there's nothing really, you know, earth shattering to talk about. No big right. cameos or anything like that. It's just a, a consistently good show. I'll say that. I think that's the appeal of it, though. Yeah. Outside looking in. It's just... Like, it's rare to have a, because it's essentially a family show yes. with Superman. Like, yes. the, the fact that they've made that and it's gone for, what, they're on season four now? Like, that's that's really impressive, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's good to have a baseline Superman who's mm-hmm. not, you know, this is a completely different Superman than you're used to. This is the Superman that you should get to know. This is the baseline. This is good. It's yeah. entertaining. The things around him are a little different. But other than that, it's your Superman. Yeah. Yeah. So it dawned on me when I was watching the show that any time that Superman is intimate with Lois in any iteration of the of oh, the medium. No. Yeah. Anytime and you know, usually when this comes up, people get really gross with it and stuff. But no, this is this is kind yeah, of Yeah, it's near- an annoying topic in my opinion. I think Yeah, yeah. But this is it. I'm going a different direction. So no, anytime that they are close to one another and they're enjoying each other's company as couples do. Um, you know, they, they come in, we, we, we join them at the end of it. You know, mm-hmm. they're just kind of, you know, winding down and <laughs> yeah. it's funny because Clark is always panting. Like he put in some work when in actuality, <laughs> it can't even be the mildest cardio for Superman. To be having sex with a mortal woman. I think that's. I think that's. Um, listen, men can fake it too. That's that's exactly what I'm getting at. Yeah. He's being courteous to Lois. <laughs> yeah. He he's showing that he's there. He's present. Yeah. And he is taking her feelings into consideration, like you know not what? condescendingly just like this is what we do after sex this is we pant hard because what that's if he a kind of like thing. takes kryptonite in some way like a boner pill but reversed <laughs> that would be great yeah yeah like what's that that ad with with frank tom that total t he, <laughs> he yeah. takes it my, down a couple t's <laughs> my favorite like way of handling that situation was how smallville did it which was eventually like they they danced around it for a while it was like clark was worried that he would you know hurt lana and then later when he's actually gets together with lois he's fine he's like hey i went to the fucking fortress with Jarrell. i was taught how to control myself i learned every and there he's like it's fine and then they never addressed it again which i thought was perfect yeah and that's that's completely cool it's just i think it's endearing <laughs> <laughs> that our that our sunshine yeah. Superman, that our Clarky boy, is like, oh, this is this is what we do after we have sex. We just pant really hard. Okay, ha, ha, yeah, ha. you know, it's just there. Just, I think just that's to be part truly of like she does not have sex with Superman. She has sex with Clark. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just you know, precious Superman moments is all. Yeah, I I need to get back into it. Kayla yeah. hasn't seen any of it. I think she's interested in watching it too. She likes Superman as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see if it holds up because I'm sure you'll want to start over for her sake at least. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Smallville has held up. We watched That's Smallville true. late last year, all the way through. 
enjoyed it. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 180 of Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure. This is the one where we finally teach you how to do a frontside 180 uh, stinkfish Canadian bacon uh, with with a twist. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all want to see me break a hip? <laughs> is that a fancy just, name for a skateboard move? I was doing push-ups today and my knees were popping. There's no fucking way I could get on a skateboard. Mm. <laughs> That's just sound effects. That's just part of the action. Yeah. That's a value add in my book. There's weird shit where I'm like, oh God, I'm getting older. Like, why do you need knee pads when your knees are already giving up on you anyway? Just yeah. have fun. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um a lot of stuff going on this week. Yeah, for sure. Lots of stuff. Uh, so what do we got? Okay, so one of the biggest stories that actually one of our adventurers brought to the table in our Discord group is news that um, the X-Files is being rebooted. Well, now. So you're kind of like, all right, the X-Files being rebooted. That that makes sense. Sure. Some of you might go, well, we got Fringe. But anyway, (laughs) Ryan Coogler Mm. is developing Mm -hmm. this new series. Ryan Coogler, he of yes. Black Panther fame. Okay. Yeah, and and also we forget like relaunched this Creed franchise that has done incredibly well. Yeah, yeah, he's still an executive producer on those films. Yeah. Of course, he stepped down from the director's chair uh, because Michael B. Jordan directed this last one, but and um, I think I want to yeah. say the last one was the most successful one yet. So Michael yeah, B. Jordan did yeah. really well. We've seen an interesting trend in sequels lately which is they're doing better than the uh, the previous film before it i think that has a lot to do with folks actually you know not being coddled back to the movies but being given an actual reason to see an entertaining movie right. once again in the theater for that type of setting action films no matter how much they try to sell you on everything else action films put butts in seats and when they're done well and with respect to the audience's intelligence, like a John Wick or Creed, then by all means, you want to bring the whole family to go and see this film on a huge screen and eat crazy popcorn out of souvenir buckets. Yeah. So, yeah, the movies are back. Yeah, it's it's really exciting to see. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of credit given to Top Gun 2, and I think it's deserved. Like, I think, you know... That made people excited to go to the movies again. Um, yeah, it's not the only film, obviously, but the numbers don't lie in that scenario, right? Like there was just something about that movie that made people want to go to the movie theater and watch it. Um, and yep. then it seems like Creed uh, Creed Three is the same situation, where you know people want to go see this movie. It keeps doing better. <laughs> So, uh, apparently, um, Chris Carter, who was the original creator of Mm -hmm. uh, the X-Files, said that Ryan Coogler, I think this might have been a, like, maybe you shouldn't have announced this yet (laughs) kind of situation, (laughs) but said, um, you know, teased that Ryan Coogler is going to re- boot in some capacity the x-files with a diverse cast um now that's interesting because well, you know the exact term he used was remount and i haven't remount. heard that one yet we've heard uh reboot yeah. we've heard uh recall <laughs> yeah the requel. <laughs> i think they invented that one for those lion king sequels because some of those are kind of booty uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> We've we've heard of uh, resurrections. We've heard basically all the Matrix subtitles, you know. So yeah, yeah. now we have a remount of the X Files. Yeah, and I'm curious to see. I would see. I think it would be really cool if it was a bit of a reboot, a bit of a, bit of a continuation as well. Like you could still have Mulder and Scully come back at some point. That sure. would be interesting. Right, right. Um, but I understand if they go, hey, we actually want Mulder and Scully, but we want a new version of that. Like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. I 
could see either one being successful, honestly. It just depends on who you cast. And, I mean, they have good creative minds behind it. So <laughs> it it really just depends. And what network it's on, too, I think will be a huge factor. Now, there was something else in the article that <laughs> kind of surprised me because I hadn't heard about this. Apparently, in 2020, um, you know, Carter was also speaking about what was going to happen next for the X-Files. And he said that they were working on a, an animated series called X-Files Albuquerque for Fox. That was going to be like kind of the uh, lower decks to Star Trek, where it was going to take some dopey misfit agents and, uh, you know, have them be the B team to the X-Files. So that's kind of funny. Yeah. 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 I don't know if they're still working on that. I know animation takes a long time to actually produce. So it's possible. They just have that in their pocket. Not to mention yeah. that a lot of a lot of times now when shows are done, animated shows in particular are done, they really just save it for the exact right time to debut. Case in point, we were talking <laughs> earlier. Well, I was talking earlier. I don't know if anybody saw it. And the Discord about uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's new show uh, coming out, uh, Unicorn something or other. It's got a, a weird name. But I haven't seen it yet. He finished uh, that show. He finished that miniseries because it's a 10 episode miniseries. He finished it in 2020 and okay. Cartoon Network has not launched it yet. I think a big part of it is, is because his work dances the line between what they would put on Cartoon Network and Adult Swim. Ah, so okay. They finally figured it out. It's going to be on Adult Swim. It's coming in May. Like I said, it's a 10 episode limited series. So they're going to treat it the same way they treated Over the Garden Wall and just put it out every night. I can't oh, wait for that. I but let's get back to the X-Files. Yeah, yeah, you got to watch the trailer a little bit later. It's really cool, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much all we know right now. Mm. Um, I think Ryan Coogler is great to do something like this, though. I have a lot of faith in him as a creator. Uh, he's, I mean, has he given us anything that hasn't been fantastic? I haven't seen any of his works I mean, that aren't amazing. Hey, so you know, I'm excited for that. And for all we know, <laughs> because Ryan Coogler, yes, is a black man. He's made some very uh, iconic uh, films starring black men, uh, especially Michael B. Jordan, who he's worked with several times now. Mm -hmm. um, him making the X-Files more diverse could be as simple as going from one black person to two black people on an episode. Yeah. So who knows what that means? You know, it's just funny because, I mean, hey, look, Chris Card is an older white man. I don't know what he thinks diverse is or diversity is. So that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. If it does go anywhere, it is Fox after all. I, <laughs> I think it would be kind of funny if Chris Carter was like, oh, he's going to make it more diverse. And Ryan Coogler was like, I didn't say anything about making no. it diverse. Did you assume <laughs> I was going to make it diverse because I'm black? Right, right. Well, this him being there, that's like, yep, that's more diverse. He's like, hey, a black guy's making this show now, so it's going to be diverse. <laughs> what? Ryan Coogler's like, I was going to bring back the original cast. What the fuck? No, I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> that would be funny. Like, yeah, you know, just got to, David Duchovny's got a tan, bro. What's wrong with you? That's yeah, a, yeah. That's everything. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's going on, potentially. Let's see how far they get. This was just in line on a podcast, so who knows? Who knows how long it'll take? Who knows if we'll actually see it? I'm excited for whatever Ryan Coogler does next. I'm also, like, I think I've talked about this before. I do have a theory that a lot of times with stuff like this, They'll say this is going to happen or there will be a leak, a rumor, whatever, to try to get buzz and then yeah. gauge if enough people are going to be interested. Enough people are engaged with it and then they kind of green light things from there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the that was a Deadpool approach. That's how that ended up yeah. happening. Intentional so. leaks. That makes sense. Yeah. And of course, the Internet is very pleased with this news and are very excited to see what Ryan Coogler has to say. At least the internet I care about. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, other news. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Because it was two days ago. That's how my brain works right now. <laughs> That's my update. Liv Tyler is coming back to the MCU. Oh, hey. If okay. Last week, we were just talking about how we're not that interested in the MCU and everything anymore. 
this is this could bring me back. This could do it. <laughs> Liv Tyler's gonna do it for you, huh? Yeah, she's always done it for me. So folks <laughs> folks may have a difficult time remembering exactly who Liv Tyler was in the MCU because it's been so long that she technically wasn't in the MCU when they called it the MCU. Yeah. She was in the Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton version of the Hulk movie that came out that was better received than the original Ang Lee Hulk film. Um, and she did a fantastic job. She did exactly what she needed to do. She's got a lot more to give. We've seen yeah. a lot from her since then. And I can't wait to see what she brings to the table here. So um, she's coming yeah, back to the cause... MCU, as you mentioned, and she's going to be featured in the new Captain America movie, New World Order. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, so Incredible Hulk is canon. They just recast Edward Norton. That's it, exactly. right? Like everything yeah. that happened in Incredible Hulk is canon. Yeah, yeah. They still weave that into the continuity uh, every okay. now and then. Oddly enough, it was one of the few continuity pieces that made it over into the Netflix Marvel stuff. Hmm. Because um, in the Luke Cage series, there was a, a man uh, on the street selling DVD copies of the fight between Hulk oh, and Abomination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's weird how they just kind of threw that in there. Like somebody felt really passionate about getting that detail in the show and it managed to work out. But I digress. Um, it is interesting because with with Liv Tyler's inclusion as Betty Ross and with um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Harrison Ford stepping in for William Hurt as Thunderbolt Ross, her father. That's a lot of mm -hmm. hope people for a Captain America film. So I wonder how they're going to play into it. I'm excited for yeah. this. And I enjoyed um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So, yeah, like, I, I mean, it was a little boring at times. But overall, I thought it was fun. And I'm still interested in where they're going with this, you know, the Captain America portion of the universe. So am I. I feel like Falcon and Winter Soldier was the first Marvel uh, Disney Plus show that they just kind of tried to do it like a regular weekly series instead of having a, um, you know, a laid out storyline like mm -hmm. they did with WandaVision and, and Loki and that sort of thing. It was like, okay, here we are telling this story episodically. We have an ending in mind. Let's see how we get there. Yeah. Um, but back to the film itself. Yeah. Like I'm looking forward to it. I feel like it's a matter of time before they announce Mark Ruffalo for the film as well, because he's got to come. He's got to, he's got to see Betty again. Right. I, <laughs> If they didn't have Mark Ruffalo, I'd be very confused. <laughs> because you have to... The average viewer is going to forget. You're going to have to bring them back to that, you know? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of sci-fi and fantasy shows, too, though. Like, you have a large tapestry of this world to, to work with. And sometimes people interact with one another, like in the comic books, that normally wouldn't. Just a side character in somebody else's book for no reason. No, that's true. It's true. But it'd be a weird flex to bring back uh, Thunderbolt Ross, <laughs> you know, Harrison Ford as Thunderbolt, without having him actually go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Hulk. That'd be very weird. But <laughs> I know those rights are tied up, and it's a weird situation already. Is it tied up? Yeah, it's still with Universal. Like, they have a partnership with Universal where they're allowed to use the Hulk character in their crossover films. And, uh, you know, they, they get a lot. So they can't of... make a solo Hulk film. Exactly. That's why you see a lot of the Hulk stories told in other people's films. Okay. Like even She-Hulk. Even he, he's that explains even a side why they never made a fucking Hulk movie. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it didn't do big box office when it was Ed Norton. But, you know, at this point, we're on Thor 4. Yeah. And I think the Hulk would have gotten another movie by now. Yeah. They were being very generous with those Thor films. After the second Thor, you're like, yeah, okay, that's done. Nope, two more Thor after that. Be done, I think. Thor ended well, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's a good way to close off Thor. That's that's enough Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Let that man relax. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, another Marvel news. Um, well, we've got a couple things actually. Um, you know, last week we were talking about, uh, Victoria Alonso getting released from Marvel, uh, yeah, she being yeah. a 
film producer who was a, a champion of diversity and inclusion uh, and representation and, uh, you know, being of uh, Argentine uh, background herself, uh, winning many awards for her work. Well, it seems like her polar opposite has also been released from Disney this week. That's right. The Big Bad Wolf, Ike Perlmutter, has finally been let go Who's as this? Marvel chairman. Okay, so this guy is... <laughs> this motherfucker right This here. motherfucker. <laughs> he, is, he has been a canker sore on Marvel's ass for quite some time. Because, <laughs> get this, he <laughs> was of the distinct belief... He was the he was the main voice pushing back against Black pa- Black Panther and Captain Marvel being made. He believed that no one would be interested in a black or woman superhero. Oh my god. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. This guy is a huge and I mean, you know, How is that well, even like a thing that <laughs> that would be like nowadays in a studio like that you would allow to happen? Right. Exactly. That's insane. So um, the only thing that he actually brought to the table is he's the reason that Disney hired Kevin Feige in the first place because they knew that they couldn't trust this guy to make good decisions about how Marvel was going to be, how the Marvel studio was going to be run. So Bob Iger bought in uh, Feige and Ike Perlmutter resents Kevin Feige to this day and wishes he could fire him, but he can't. <laughs> he's just a figurehead. Can't do anything to him. So uh, this guy gained control of the of Marvel in the late 90s. He's also the reason that we're tied up with all this IP bullshit. He licensed out the X-Men and Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, to all oh these various companies. Uh, and then after he gutted the Marvel film uh, division, he sold Marvel to Disney in 2009. He, he's, he made a lot of cash out off of that for uh, the $4 billion deal that they had. So they bought him on mostly as a figurehead. And yeah, he's just been fighting tooth and nail. Every every Marvel screening, apparently, he's kind of been a problem too. They had a press screening early on for one of the films. They don't mention which one it was, but they usually cater these events for the press. And as a cost-saving maneuver, and I talk about nickel and diming here, he wanted to just lay out some bags of potato chips for the for the uh, press to come and eat while they were at the uh, event. Real Trump move. Man, he, like with the, he, the burgers, mm. at least Trump sprung for fucking McDonald's. Yeah, he sprung for food that was hot at some point versus <laughs> never being hot. It's not hot anymore, but it was. <laughs> Trust us. Trust us. It was good. Well, they can't turn up the heat too much because the motherfucker would melt. Anyway, we ain't talking about him. So I, I just a, a cold McDonald's French fry is hell. That is one of the worst tastes to ever experience. It is the absolute, if any fry, like if you were to pick any fry and say this is the worst one cold, it's McDonald's. Man, I don't know. I think Arida potatoes are a close second. Because if an Arida potato is cold, then that means you didn't cook it all the way. And you're getting partially raw french fry and that's no okay i'm not talking about a fry that was not properly cooked i'm talking about a fry that was properly cooked was perfect and then you let go completely cold (laughs) yeah okay all right that's fair that's fair mcdonald's (laughs) definitely wins hands down. yeah it tastes like you're eating like paper or something it's really weird texture (laughs) and it's just the consistency's all off not great yeah i did right Mm, 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 yeah, so this guy got cut. Ike Perlmutter, uh, Ike Perlmutter got fired as part of Disney's uh, recent cost-cutting endeavor. They laid off 7,000 employees. Uh, they claim they're going to lay off some more in the near future. So, you know, impending doom there. That's just fucking that. Up. That fucking sucks. It does. That but a big sucks. I'm reason, glad he's gone, but, like, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I well, I, I want to go two directions with this. So the first thing is I'm going to say, they they should lay off more executives when they do these layoffs because they're not public facing. These are the guys just sitting back, just raking in cash and just chiming in whenever. This guy wasn't really doing shit. He's not writing comics or drawing comics. He's not producing, actually producing movies. He's just sitting up there chiming in with his two cents trying to say, oh, nobody will ever come see Black Panther. Wrong. It seems more cost effective, too, because their salaries are higher. 
that's exactly what I'm getting at. Like one you know? of this dude is what at least ten employees, if not more. At least ten employees, exactly. So there's that, and the other thing too is you know, it's just fucked up. This guy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just stuck on this potato chip thing. It's really messed up. <laughs> That's the that's the offensive part. Not that's, that that's, he was like, there we can't have black superheroes. No. <laughs> it's the fact that he was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it, potato chips. Potato chips. What the hell, man? Like it's just so cheap. It's so fucking cheap. He's a yeah. Trump supporter too. I don't know if I mentioned that. But yes. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he's a big Trump supporter. So yeah, good riddance, time of your life. Get out of here. Um yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> Maybe they'll bring back Victoria in his role. That'd be cool. Um, I did read. I, I read more about her being fired, by the way. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about that? The details? Not quite. Not, so, not over what we uh, discussed last week. Right. So it was, and I don't have the article on me right now, but it was basically um, because she was campaigning. I think she's actually going to sue Disney because there's a whole bunch of shit involved with it but Uh, because she was campaigning for her film to become an oscar like to try to win an oscar it mm. disney said that she was violating um essentially a non-compete type of clause i see where they are not allowed to go you know promote other things i think or something like that yeah so it sounds like it was a combination of disney i think disney being sticklers about a stupid fucking thing um, in her contract, but she did. It sounds like she also did violate her contract at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a. It sounds really fucking dumb, and I mean, I'm sure she does have some legs for this lawsuit that I believe she's filing against Disney. So, you know, I based off of what I've read, I side with her. You know, unless something weird comes out, which I doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's always weird when people really um, crack down on that no compete clause thing because obviously anything she's doing uh, is not going to compete with the monolith, with the monster that is Disney, you know? Well, I get like, yes, unless Disney had, you know, film like, you know, Avatar that they were campaigning at the same time. Sure. Something like that, you know, like then it would be like, why are you campaigning for this when you should be campaigning for us? I yeah, don't know if that's what happened. Like the, But that could be the argument. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know, Reese's makes more than one type of chocolate. Yeah. They make Hershey bars. They make zero bars. I don't know. All kind of stuff. So it's like... Do they make zero bars still? Is that still I a thing? Know. I just pulled that out of my ass. I don't know. I'm going to Google it. I'm just curious. <laughs> Because I forgot those existed. Yeah, I did too until I just like spurted it out <laughs> like that. Like, where did that come from? No uh, idea. They do exist oh, still. Okay. They were introduced 103 years ago. <laughs> I'm just secretly a time traveler. I'm not of this era. In case you know. anyone's curious what a zero bar is, in case you've what never had one, or maybe yes. you're not in the United States, so mm-hmm. it's not available to you. It combines caramel, peanuts, and an almond nougat coated in white chocolate fudge. White chocolate. That is a choice. I, you I, know, now that, that you've sounds good, it, though. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds all right. But now that you've described it, I can honestly say I've never had one. I don't know if I've ever had one either, and I like white chocolate. Yeah, it's just the packaging isn't very appealing. It's just like a silver wrapper yeah. with, like, zero written in cursive, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, you know what's funny is I feel like it is cool packaging. Like, I feel like it hasn't changed for a long time because it is kind of, like, cool packaging. But it's not a particular color that would appeal to you as a child. Mm, that's true. It does look more like a grown-up type of snack. Yeah, it look, like it's nice packaging. Yeah. But it's not, it's not the colorful thing that a kid would go for. <laughs> Speaking of branding, that's interesting. Let's talk about Pepsi. Oh yeah, the Pepsi rebrand. I think it looks kind of good. Yeah, yeah. So they they brought back the more classic Pepsi logo design. It doesn't look like you know pop art anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, the name Pepsi is back in the middle of the logo. Yeah, uh, it, it just looks very 
you know, branded. It doesn't look like it's trying to whisper it to you or anything anymore, uh, which is kind of cool. And uh, it looks like the the packaging has like a darker blue surrounding the actual Pepsi logo now. So it's back and it's here for your for your cola time. That's right. Come and get it. Is Pepsi okay? Yes, it is. (laughs) It's no Coke Zero, but it tries. (laughs) Well, they have a Pepsi Zero sugar now. I've never tried it. Me neither. I don't even I I've never been offered a Pepsi Zero sugar. So I couldn't even turn it down if I wanted to. Everyone knows, I've talked about it, that I, I am very much a Coke Zero from the can person now. Yeah. Coke I Zero love that. Um, but uh, I don't, I, I've gotten it from like the tap. and It's not as good. Not the same. It's got to be the can. Yeah. Something about that. What's funny too, and I feel like we're going down the same path as we have previously, but I'll end somewhere else. All of this uh, they, has happened before and all of this will happen again. Continue. That's right. That's right. They changed their they changed their flavor, Coke Zero specifically. From from the initial introduction of Coke Zero to this rebranding, they changed it. And I know recently you started talking about drinking Coke Zero, and I think you actually tasted it after the recipe change. So I don't know if you've even tasted the original Coke Zero. Maybe that's why I like it. Maybe I like the new Coke Zero. Yeah, yeah. That's, Maybe that's before fine. it just didn't didn't do it for me. Yeah, I can dig it. Uh, you know, I used to drink that exclusively. And then mm-hmm. I started venturing out in the diet Dr. Pepper because I don't like a full sugared pop. You know, it's just too yeah. much. Like, yeah, it's just it's aggressive, you know. Um, and, you know, everybody tells you it's not good for you and stuff. So you feel a little bit better drinking like a zero or a diet or something like that. Yeah. But for some reason, diet Dr. Pepper just like snatched my attention away from Coke Zero and I never looked back. Yeah. Um, until the, the rebranding. Time- the last time I had Dr. Pepper, I had such terrible heartburn the next mm. morning <laughs> mm. <laughs> that um, I legitimately thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, okay. It's just regular me. Dr. Pepper, not like a, Re- a different? Regular Dr. Pepper from, I think I went to Culver's. So Ooh. I didn't, it was of course not a not a healthy meal either. I was going to say, I think maybe the Culver's in no, addition. No, but dude, like nothing, like those everything that I got from Culver's I had gotten before with like a Pepsi or something in the past. Uh And it never did that to me. The Dr. Pepper was the thing, I think. Well, look, I'm not about to be the one to try to talk to you about eating healthy because Lord knows I don't, but it's the spices. It's the spice. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love it. I love diet Dr. Pepper. For some reason, it just hooked me. It got me, you know, um, but yeah. Coke Zero, Coke Zero, I could ride with Coke Zero. Coke Zero is a good second choice for me. I still dig it. Yeah. We yeah, need to get more so. Coke Zero. I think we only have one can, so I'm probably going to fight over it tomorrow. <laughs> and by fight over it, I mean I'll just give it to Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> I read a story once for Uncanny Magazine where um, part of the morning that one of the characters was going through is that um, their, their uh, significant other had a scheduled delivery from like an Amazon type delivery service where they would get like a case of a certain type of like cherry soda that they enjoyed delivered to the house, uh, you know, mm-hmm. every so often or whatever. And um, the person that was left behind, uh, they forgot to cancel the ongoing order. And so they had this big case of this cherry cola and they started drinking it and then they became addicted to it. And it was just one of the like coping mechanisms and, a way to remember the person they lost. I thought that was a nice little detail of that story. That's sad. Yeah, it's, it's bittersweet. <laughs> just like Coke Zero. Just, no, just like kidding. Coke Zero. <laughs> this has been an ad for Coke Zero. <laughs> you know who likes Coke Zero? Who? Joe likes Coke Zero. Joe who? Joe Mama. Oh, you naive fool. You've fallen right into yeah. my trap. You see, when you asked me who I was talking no, about, I, and I yeah. said Joe. No, that's, yeah. I was aware you'd never met a yeah. Joseph before. So yeah. I knew you'd ask, who's Joe? No, that's, that is, that is in fact how it happened. Joe never existed. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> They're a figment of your imagination. <laughs> So when you asked who Joe was, I responded with Joe Mama. 
to make it seem as if I had an intimate relationship with your mother. Jesus. Moving on. Moving right along. So um, have you caught any of Swarm yet? I haven't. I haven't caught a swarm. No, I know what you're talking about. The Amazon show, right? Yes, yes. That Amazon show. I did see genius marketing, though. Mm, (laughs) Donald Glover hired a bunch of, like, just, you know, influencer, reality people, whatever. So, Uh like, Carol Baskin and, like, stuff like that to do cameos. Yeah, And the cameos were like, I'm part of the Swarm Army or whatever. Stuff like that. <laughs> it was really funny. Yeah, yeah. You know, some of the choices that they've making with the marketing have been quite creative, I gotta say. So yeah. now that we know more about what the show is actually about, and we're not going to spoil any of it. Is it here. all out? It is all out. Yeah, they okay. did it in one drop, surprisingly. You never see that anymore. Um yeah, they put them all out at the same time. It's seven episodes. It's a quick watch. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's I you know we give Donald Glover the cre- the creative credit on this. Also, Janine Neighbors uh, was the was the creative force behind this too. Um, and it's a, a a very intense look at this character uh, <laughs> named Dre. And man, the show was intense from start to finish. They made some choices in there. There's some distinct uh, creative directions they went that you you know it's like okay, this is Donald Glover, this is his brother, because <laughs> mm-hmm. this feels like an episode of Atlanta, you know, at certain points. Yeah, you will get that vibe, but I I think enough can't be said about the wonderful job that Dominique Fishback did as this main character in this show. She loses herself in this character, and uh, you're gonna. You're, you're, you're going to forget that she's not the character at certain points during this, especially because like going back to the marketing, um, you know, we had Donald Glover talking about the show as if it were a real documentary on red carpets and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I... we could never really get a good like read on what it actually was because he was partially like working and partially, you know, just talking. Yeah, I and I saw I saw some clips that like Billie Eilish is in it. Um yes. and then I also saw Donald Glover talking about I think they shot it on film. Mm-hmm. Which sure he did. like he was kind of it was it was actually really fucking funny because he was like, Yeah, I fought so hard to shoot on film, and then I was like, Why the fuck did I do this when we were filming <laughs> yeah. it? And then like <laughs> and then like the end result. Like he was like, oh yeah, that's why we did it. But it, he was like, it's so much harder to shoot on film. Why right. did I insist on doing this? <laughs> yeah, and it, it shows. I mean, it's very cinematic. <clears throat> um, my goodness, I, I I can't wait for you to watch it. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Um, yeah, I need to give it a shot. I don't think yeah. we have any plans this weekend, so we're probably just. Gonna, you and it's I one of those shows too. Watch shows. <laughs> You know, it's music ties heavily into the show, um, right? Because it. I mean, I'm I'm not like, I know it's not like targeted at Beyonce or whatever, but it's kind of like that type of thing, like a Beyonce or Lady Gaga, like it's that type of character that has like their following, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 And they even put out a little mini album uh, as the artist. Oh, that's cool. As Nyjah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool the way they did that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, I don't know. It seems like a very well marketed and well produced, like just outside looking in, <clears throat> outside looking in. But you know, I haven't seen any of it other than the first trailer. I like fake bands. I know that sounds strange to just say point blank, but I don't think that's strange. Explain. You know, everyone is really obsessed with that Daisy Jones and the Six band, right? That's now. true. Because they they were smart and they put out an entire record for that show. Yeah, it's kind of cool because you get stars, TV stars, movie stars that do fancy themselves musicians, and they want to kind of play in that world a little bit, and it gives them the opportunity to do so. And, well, that uh, show, what they did really smart with that, like that particular show, was. They had them all go to like a camp basically to learn to be musicians. They had and then them they had them make a record. Rock. That's good. And they, 
apparently even asked them they were like are you willing to go on tour like if the show takes off if that's a thing oh, that wow. people want so that's all like they kind of knew in the beginning that was on the table that was part of it yeah that's kind of cool i like that um, yeah it's a commitment so when i say fake bands i'm thinking about um sex by mom from scott pilgrim of course you know the wonders um, the oneaters yes the oneaters. <laughs> Um, you know, that's you have... the best fake song that's ever been made for a movie or television show. I'm sorry. Well, I have a contender for you. What? Um, because you are a fan of this film way more than I am. Um, a goofy movie. Yeah. Eye to eye. <laughs> Fantastic. I, mm. I don't think it's as good as that thing you do. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's up there for sure. Showing my age, I'll even go back as far as the beats from Doug with Killer Tofu. Oh, yo. <laughs> that was um, a good one, too. Yeah, a more recent one, we have B-E-R from Teen Titans with The Night Begins to Shine. Mm. Um, that was a really good one. That's, that's, that song will get stuck in your head if you hear it. And then, of course, there's Metalocalypse. You have Death Clock, who basically Brendan Small who created Metalocalypse and Home Movies, he created a real band to go on tour because the music from that show was so well-received. And um, during the show, he was playing all the instruments, singing all the parts and everything like mm-hmm. that. And when I say singing, I mean, it's just like, you know, Cookie Monster, like metal, that he's yeah. growling out the lyrics. But, you know, he couldn't shred on the guitar, play the drums, play the bass all at the same time. So he had to put together like a fake band or a real band playing fake music, music yeah <laughs> to go into no, that's, it that's fascinating i love stuff like that yeah yeah that stuff is is very intriguing to me so yeah fake bands real music good stuff yeah i'll check out swarm i'll yeah. add it to the list and try to kind of bump it up higher because i have heard the good things about it from a lot of people yeah i recommend it um i think it's just this little mini series i don't think they're going to come back for another season but you never know you never know yeah, I could see doing more of those types of shows. I think television's just evolving. I just saw a whole TikTok about that. That like, like how Succession we... might be the last real prestige show mm. and kind of ending that era of television that okay. started with like the Mad Men's, the Sopranos, all of that. Now, when you say prestige show, you mean one that's still grounded in reality, right? <laughs> um, I think they just mean... I think they mean like the the acting, the storytelling, the like how it's on that other level of like, you know, almost like Oscar worthy type of but it's television, you know? Yeah. So Yeah. I mean the reason I ask is of course because we still have a lot of fantasy shows coming out that are long form like that. Like as as a matter of fact, um semi related today. HBO announced that the next season of the Game of Thrones spinoff is only going to be eight episodes long in order yeah. to encourage. Well, I'm sorry. The show's creators said it was going to be eight episodes long in order to encourage HBO to renew them for a third season so they can continue the story, which I think is a ballsy move. Yeah, that's kind of bold. I also don't see any reason why HBO wouldn't renew it, but okay. Exactly. Fucking weird. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, maybe it is kind of discounting those types of shows uh, because, you know, the examples would be Breaking Bad, Mad Men, The Sopranos obviously was, I think, the first one, (coughs) Six Feet Under, The Wire. A lot of these have been HBO, right? Like HBO has just been killing it for decades. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not discounting game of thrones but i understand if someone was like no it's more of like a succession type of show right right i can't imagine that hbo is going to stop making those type of shows anytime soon though i mean you know they used to hang their hat on being i mean home box office they used to hang their hat on being where you come see movies that just left the cinema but even now they can't help but just ripping them away from us as soon as they can. No, and I and I don't I don't think it was trying to like the per the creator was trying to say that they're not going to make those types of shows again or mm. they're not going to chase those types of shows. But 
we are seeing a shift in television, right? They are canceling shows a lot sooner. They're pulling stuff off of streaming services. Yeah. They're greenlighting weird shows, but canceling other shows. I think that what the creator was saying was the landscape's kind of changing and we were already starting to see the oversaturation of the market. Like it's just different. It doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It doesn't mean we're going to have like an era of shitty television. Like we've had reality TV throughout all of this prestige television too. Yeah. Right. Thanks. Um, right. <laughs> it's, it's just going to be, you know, a new era of something, something else, something else good will come of it. You know just what like I there hope. has always been good television. It's just going to be a shift in What the I'm hoping is the result here is that we start getting some more comfort food shows like Ted Lasso and uh, Shrinking, you know. Um, right. I, that those, those shows, I think, are a great example of a new era of television we're moving into. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like also Shrinking is your favorite show that you haven't seen yet. I haven't started it and I fucking yeah. need to because yeah. it's on my list. I really, really, really want to watch it. Let me tell you something. Jason Siegel is such a lovable schlub and he is a human Muppet and he <laughs> understands all of this about himself. And mm -hmm. it, it makes his performance so entertaining because, you know, he knows who he is, you know who he is and he's there to deliver. Yeah. You know, that's exactly it. Jessica Williams is shining on this show like she has never shined before. She is lovable. I love her. Wonderful, hilarious. Her comedic timing, her facial expressions, Lex. Oh my god, she's she's so good on here. That one is literally at the top of my list right now. We just burned through three seasons of The Great North. Yeah, yeah. That show is so good. Hmm. I never went back to it after the first couple. <laughs> And I think because, I had the same you know, thing. Yeah. Episodic. You just kind of lose track of it. Kayla's sister was like, you guys have to watch this. And we were <laughs> like, and Kayla was like, okay, I'll watch it. Like give it a shot. And I was like, yeah, I remember watching like two episodes or so of it. And it was, it was fine. But like that show, first of all, it's one of those just keeps getting better. Yeah. I would argue it's like even more wholesome than like a Bob's Burgers. Oh, wow. Like it's it's one of the most wholesome shows I've ever seen, and yet it's still really funny. It's great. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. <laughs> Go watch I it. Think, it's on Hulu. Uh, everyone, go watch it. Yeah, and you know that that brings me back to shrinking. I think the only couple of things that it has going against it, at least in my book, is that it's episodic. Uh -huh. Um, so it's easy to kind of just lose track of it. And number two, it's on Apple TV, and everybody's not rocking with Apple TV. So yeah. No matter how many shows they I put on there. I think Apple TV is going to keep pushing and they're going to keep getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, but they got to stop naming shows with the letter S. <laughs> Servant, Severance, Shrinking. They got to stop that. <laughs> I know it's a hard habit to break, but come on. I think they're, um, I just read an article recently about them trying to move into like prestige filmmaking as well. Mm. Like they want to make theatrical oscar type movies yeah they tried it there was a denzel washington movie they had <laughs> yeah that was on there for a moment it was um in one of the shakespeare plays that was done in black was and it, white was it hamlet no um maybe othello i'm not sure but i think it, it was, was othello yeah i think you're right it was just so obviously oscar bait that they couldn't touch it because mm -hmm. they were like no if we if we bite this it's going to seem too obvious and people are going to call us out so they didn't touch it you know it was i'm sure it was great <laughs> it was just too on the nose yeah. Whatever Netflix does with their with their algorithm, they <laughs> they they kind of the tragedy they're, they're, of Macbeth. That's what ah, it is. Gotcha. Yeah, but Netflix is sneaky with it. At least it's like, yeah, we know you like all these things. We're not going to yeah. tell you what they are, but we're going to put them together, and you're going to like it. I mean, I just saw Netflix is losing New Girl. They've had that show streaming from like basically the start. That's like another Office for them losing that yeah that was a big hit when they lost that one yeah i don't know man they're they're certainly trying to continue to exist they are they really are but you know what they're they're succeeding in other demographics though because they have a lot of k-dramas on there now <laughs> yeah they have a lot of um you know uh 
outside of America produced shows and movies that are doing amazingly well. The horror stuff is kicking ass on there. So it's a very, it's a very interesting uh, market that they're appealing to right now, but I'm part of it. I don't know. Like, you know, I love squid games, of course. And that Oh yeah. We watched sounded, that. It was great. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I love that. I love Alice in Borderland. Um, and there's some other stuff on there too, that has really just, you know, surprised me. Uh, they they tried to make themselves the home for anime for a moment, and that didn't work when they found out the hard way that sometimes when you have an anime series that's well-loved and you try to, you know, stack the episodes up, sometimes the studios don't come through and you're left waiting for <laughs> half a year for part two of something. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think they gave up on that endeavor. The rumor today mm-hmm. that's been making the rounds is that Amazon is considering buying AMC theaters. Interesting. And just on that rumor, Amazon's, not Amazon, but AMC stock went up today. So there may be some credence to this. I mean, I don't don't want that to happen. I don't want Amazon to own anything else. But it makes sense. I understand it. Yeah. You know? Because I know for a while, Amazon was buying uh, brick-and-mortar theaters uh, around the LA and New York area to... Um, you know, get their movies in theaters to qualify for uh, awards. So them partnering with AMC, I think, is another step in that direction of trying to make themselves more credible when it comes to, uh, you know, award season and that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's just another fucking thing that they'll control. And, you know, if they own AMC, what's to stop them from going, eh, we have to compete with Warner Brothers for... Mm -hmm you know, this weekend when movies are released, why don't we take the biggest chain in the country and say, no, you're not allowed to have that, you know? I feel like it's going to be a repeat of what happened with Whole Foods. When Amazon bought Whole Foods, it seemed like if you were a Prime member, you are going to get special discounts and special treatment from Whole Foods Mm -hmm. because of your membership. And that happened for a while. And then it went away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they're asking me to pay $15 delivery for a six pack of Topo Chico, which is bullshit. <laughs> and it sounds like a first world problem. And I immediately retract what I just said on the air. Forget what you heard, folks. No, it's fine. But I understand what you're saying where you're like, there's there's no point to this. I'll just fucking go to Whole Foods. Exactly. Right. <laughs> or somewhere else, you know? Yeah. So I don't even know why Amazon owns... And, they, you know, same thing with Zappos years ago. They were like, oh, no, these people are selling shoes? Fuck that. We're going to buy Zappos. We're going to be the best Zappos we can be. And now you get third-party sellers on Amazon selling you, like, bootleg Jordans for hundreds mm-hmm. of dollars once again. There's no quality control there. They're too big for their own good. Yeah. They're going to own our podcast soon. Just watch. They can have it. Like if they pay me enough, <laughs> if they pay me enough, I'll I will sell out. I've talked about this before. I have no qualms about fucking selling out. I'm ready to go. Let's make it happen. I realize there are lots of people out there who are very like artistic, and they're like, I've seen so many stories about like creators being like, we were offered fifteen million dollars, but we didn't take it because we wanted to do our own thing. I don't care. No. If you, you know, want to pay us $15 million for us to shill Amazon for two hours, that's your terrible investment. No one will listen to that, but we'll take your money. For every, for every beneficiary of just generational wealth, yeah. the generation before them or before them said yes to one of those type of offers. Yeah, absolutely. I so, I would sell out for far less. It's honestly probably embarrassing how much I'd sell out for. So I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for the generation after me. So they can say no to offers like that. So they don't have to be sellouts. I'm looking out for the Peter's lineage. You see, (laughs) this is altruistic. You're doing it for the kids. For the children. I'm doing it for the kids. (laughs) For the children. For the kids. So I guess it's time. The moral of the story is we will sell out. So if we you guys will. know of anyone who wants to buy, we are open to offers. That's Even right. offensive ones, honestly. <laughs> There's no number too low. If you think it's offensive, try us. You never know. We might say no if it's too low. But mm. more than likely, no. We won't. We will we say yes. 
We can talk about it. The negotiation limerick files. That's right. That's why this week we're sponsored by Coke Zero. <laughs> Coke, Coke Zero. Zero. It's spicy. It Not is really. a little. It's a spicy <laughs> pop for you to enjoy, and that's the zero calories. Thing. Yeah. Also, that hundred ta- hundred percent taste. Who do you, who are you to say no <laughs> to the delicious taste? It's calling you. It's the pop that you crave. You you're thinking about it now, aren't you? The ad worked. <laughs> you're welcome, Coke Zero. Speaking of ads, check out Lex and Matt on Patreon at patreon.com slash Lex and Matt. If you want us to sell out, then don't <laughs> contribute to the Patreon. I that's not a good ad at all. Let's try that again. Let's, so let's never see. said let's, the ads were good. Let's logic this out. So if yeah. you if you contribute to our Patreon, we get that money. will prevent us from selling out. No. Which means that you are directly <laughs> contributing to our livelihood, which means we answer to you in a way, I guess. So Yeah, we will sell out to you. Yeah. The so the more, that, the more that you pay us on the Patreon, the more sway you have over the direction this show goes. Yeah. If, if you want me to just tell bad Joe Mama jokes for two hours every week, we have a ten thousand dollars here, yeah. and you can be part of that magic. We will record that episode just for you, kind. Yeah, we'll make you a producer. Yeah, you can sit in and listen to it live. I don't care. <laughs> if there was someone, some intrepid soul, who came to—I'll just fucking say it—Rogers Park and came into my home every week at eight p.m. to sit in my studio to listen to us record this show. <laughs> And mind you, they can only hear my half. <laughs> I I listen. I Come I on. don't I. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to assume anything about anyone. But if if someone's paying ten thousand dollars to do that, yes, it's sexual. Weird <laughs> stuff's happening, and I'm not king shaming anyone. I don't mind that. You know, just. I don't know. Keep it PG-13 around us, at least. I don't control people's imaginations, their fantasies. Whatever they want to do on their own time, that is not (laughs) directly affecting me. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy others. But, you know, the whole me thing, no, that's not happening. But everyone else, consensually, have a great time. I'm glad we found the line. Yeah, That's our line. That's the one. That's, that's the, the line. That's the, the line, line right there. Is, the line is, I don't want to know about it. No. But that's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you do you, but I don't want to so know about that. it. Well, let's end on this. We got a wall of weird this week. Do you know, Lex, are you familiar with the rapper Afro Man? Yes. Oh, what do you know him from? Oh, shit. Um. Mm, is it weird to say I just know him from like pop culture? <laughs> like like I've seen him in stuff. Yes. I think he did like I love the 90s type of stuff too. <laughs> That's I a possibility. But I'll tell you, the way that I know Afro Man is because of his hit song Because I Got High, yeah. which was heavily featured, of course, in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Yes. So they also appeared in the video uh, for that song. It's it's not my favorite rap song. Afro Man is not my favorite rapper. But you know what? None of that matters with today's story. Afro Man deserves justice. Okay. Because recently, four deputies, two sergeants, and a detective with the Adam County Sheriff's Office um, basically raided Afro Man's home. Uh, <laughs> the rapper whose real name is Joseph Foreman took footage. His real name is Joseph Foreman? Yes, that is the like most Red Foreman? milk toast name <laughs> that anyone could ever have. No wonder that he is... calls himself Afro Man. That is not what I expected his real name to be. I no. don't know what I expected it to be. I really don't even have a guess, but it, if you would have said, <laughs> if I were to guess, it would have <laughs> not have been close to that. <laughs> but it kind of makes sense it's almost like it's almost it's almost like uh you know a play on on his name j mm-hmm. foreman a ah, froman um, oh yeah 
No. Yeah. So anyway, um, when these when these police raided his home, um, he took footage from his personal security cameras, uh, you know, of them going through his home and his belongings. Um, and he found out that, uh, okay, so it says here they were acting on a warrant that stated probable cause uh, that drugs and drug paraphernalia would be found on Foreman's property and that no trafficking shit. and kidnapping had taken place there, authorities <laughs> oh, have fuck. said. They found no evidence of this whatsoever. Okay. They found very small amounts of marijuana in his home. I think they thought Not it was a layup deal. because the man sang because I got high. Yeah. So those those suspicions turned out to be unfounded and the raid failed to turn up any, any evidence. No charges were filed against him. What ended up happening was, is that they knocked down his door. Um, they broke his security gate. They cut the feed to his security cameras. What? They confiscated several items from his home, including a wad of money that was tucked safely away that they sat and counted while the camera was filming them before the, before the feed got cut. And then when they returned the evidence to him, they didn't return all of the money. Somehow some of that cash disappeared. They didn't realize they had been filmed. So wait, are you telling me mm. that police officers might be corrupt? That doesn't sound right. I know that doesn't sound right. So Afro man decided to make, um, I can't think of a weed reference to use here. So we'll just use the uh, traditional lemons out of lemonade. And <laughs> he decided to make a music video talking about what, what these cops did when they raided his mm-hmm. home. So everything that I spelled out to you there, he showed the footage of this actually going on while he oh sang about it. That's fantastic. They're suing him now. The police department <sighs> is suing him now because he's apparently profiting off of their their faces and their names and stuff like that according uh, to them he's profiting legit. like like if that's something they can like if that's a real thing that they could because they're like also like public servants right do they have yeah. that yeah. sort of I don't protection know. or whatever yeah. i don't know but it really does seem unethical for them to pursue this given the fact that they raided his home for no fucking reason and stole stole his money money. (laughs) you already got paid your dues (laughs) in advance when you fucking stole it from him there's your royalties you're done exactly and so they're they're suing him for emotional distress embarrassment ridicule loss of reputation and humiliation hurt feelies yeah yeah top to bottom Fuck them police. Yeah. <laughs> fuck them. So Afro Man is, is fighting to live right now. He's trying to make sure. That's really fucked up. They were going to get his money one way or another, right? That's what they're trying to do. Everyone go stream his music to help him out. Give him some pennies. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, that's about all we got this week, folks. I hope yeah. you enjoyed the show. We did. We did. We sure did. Yeah. Thanks to Code Zero, everyone. (laughs) And thank you, wonderful Patreon subscribers. Loud plane. What? Real loud plane overhead. Oh. (laughs) Oh, I thought that's why you paused. That's why I was like, oh, yeah, we can just wait till the plane stops. No, I paused because my throat got dry. And I'm like, oh, Lex is going to take this. And you paused because of the airplane. So they just I got paused silenced. because I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, Lex is going to take it. No, no, no. Any moment yeah, now. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you to our patrons. You yeah. can become a patron on patreon.com slash Lex and Matt if That's you'd right. like. You can, you can do that. You can, you can also sign someone else up. Take their um, credit card information and steal their identity and do that. This no one's telling you can't except for the law. You know? <laughs> the wall? The law. Oh, I thought you said the wall. I'm like, these walls can talk? Is that what? No. no. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm not going to tell you to commit a crime, but I'm not not going to tell you to commit crimes. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I am Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. And be excellent to each other. Do crime. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>